0: This is the GOAT Level Podcast with your host, the GOAT, the legend, the hero, Van Pugh. Lasers. Organs. Hey, one more time, one more time, one more time. Lasers. Let me get that organ well. Let's get it. Uh, 100th episode. 100th regular episode, man. And you know what's funny? I noticed. You, you know what I noticed when uh getting ready for this show? I noticed that 75 of my regular 100 episodes came within the past like year and a half. Like, oh, man. I swear I only had like 20-something episodes. But then The Last Dance came out, and I wanted to talk about that. And then I started looking at other people's podcasts, and then I started going uh, week by week. And this is how I got to 100 this fast. At episode 100, because I remember I used to do, like, a podcast episode, like, once a month. And one time I, I did a podcast episode after, like, two or three months. I just wasn't into it at all. I mean, as much as I should have been. I mean it's fun, man. I like it. I wish I could get more listeners. Well, I guess I could if I actually grind it. But you know, I'd be I'd be loafing. <laughs> Same thing with the brand in general, you know, I could definitely be this brand could definitely be making more money, have a lot more fans, have a lot more customers, a lot more, you know, subscribers, whatever. But, you know, it's got to start with me, and, you know, once I quit loafing, it's over. Now, so from the beginning, I think episode one, I was like, MJ and LeBron are even. I can't really decide between the two. But the more I look at it, the more I edge MJ. But I still don't know, man. I still don't know. And it's not just because of the, the six titles, and it's just... I mean, stats-wise, he has the edge. I don't have it in front of me, but stats-wise, he has the slight edge. I just like his competitive drive. (laughs) It's just uh, maybe after watching the last dance and watching LeBron lose in the first round against the Suns, maybe I'm like, uh, maybe MJ is the goal. But I still don't know. And KD, I said, I threw KD's name in there. And all he did was lead the league in scoring during the playoffs. So I'm like, oh, see see what I mean? If he's healthy, he's arguably one of the best players ever. And he can play defense anytime he wants. I know some of my favorite moments on the show is when I tried to convince y'all, when I told y'all that Javon Carter is not Trey Young's dad. Let me repeat myself. Javon Carter is not Trey Young's dad. See, that was back when uh, Trey Young was coming out of OU, and West Virginia had just beat OU twice, and it was this big thing with uh, Javon Carter locking down Trey Young, even though Trey Young—I don't know—he averaged like 30 points against West Virginia, but or maybe like 25. Something like that. But basically he still killed them. They, yeah, they lost, but Trey Young still did his thing. They definitely shouldn't have lost that second time. But West Virginia swear West Virginia fans swear out that Javon Carter is Trey Young's dad. And I told y'all that Javon Carter was a role player at best. Or maybe I didn't say it on the air, but Javon Carter is a role player at best. His ceiling is Patrick Beverly. And Trey Young basically is going to be a Hall of Famer, and you're seeing it now. He's going to be a Hall of Famer. He could potentially break John Stockton's assist record, and if he don't break John Stockton's assist record, he'll at least pass Chris Paul, and Chris Paul got over 10,000. Uh, anyone with over 10,000 assists is in, like, the top five. So Trey Young could definitely do that because if you look at Chris Paul and John Stockton, You look at them after year three, neither of them were averaging over freaking eight assists. I think John Stockton had seven, and I think Chris Paul had about four or seven, something like that. They weren't averaging 8.9 assists. They just weren't. Not until their fourth year. Now, the fourth year, that's when John Stockton started going crazy. He was averaging 13, 14 assists, but that's also when he began... To get more playing time. It's playing time like damn near double. But it's that fourth year where Chris Paul and John Stockton took off. Trey Young is already way ahead of them. So I can't even imagine what he's gonna do if he can stay healthy. The only thing that can stop Trey Young is injuries. That's yes, no that's it. That's it. <laughs> I'll talk more about that series later. But seriously, man can't stop him. Uh, I think there was an episode, there was an episode where I was kind of forced to do it, to do an episode with my little cousin Noah, who was, I think was seven at the time. He is 10 now. Yeah, he's 10 now. And he still bugs me to death. But back then he begged me. And I mean, he would not leave me alone until we did a episode together or video together he just would not stop bothering me and that's how it is between us sometimes there's sometimes he just won't stop bothering me oh and hey the Nats are winning but yeah I'll, I'll talk about them later yeah that that episode was crazy that was one of the earlier episodes i remember episode one i talked about how good Lachana robinson looked she tall as hell but she had the little blonde highlights. Man, she was looking good. I'll never forget that. When I saw her in Columbus in regular street clothes, I was like, man, she bad. What? Never forget that. I remember doing a episode in Norman when I was in town for Homecoming. <laughs> I, was, uh, I, I, I forgot what I was talking about. I was probably talking about how the Cowboys weren't going to win the division. And that the Eagles were going to win the division. I know I had that infamous uh, IG story post where I said I wasn't worried about the Cowboys. The Eagles were going to win the division. And that's exactly what happened. But I remember doing the go go version of uh, Baby Shark. <laughs> it's like, I was like, <laughs> I said, a whole club. Hey, I said, Baby Shark. Doo, 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 doo. And guess who came back a few weeks ago? Rado Parr. He came back and a baby shark played. I wish I was there. That was fun when I did the baby shark go-go version. I could do the extended version later on, but yeah. During my little last dance episodes, uh, I roasted Merlin, Tennessee, and BC football. I roasted them because they had no business talking about OU at all. Because they trash. And you know that. Now, also... Also uh another thing that made me go harder with this podcast thing. I ran into an account called the Bracketeers. And they do that's all they do. They do Twitter brackets. I don't know why I don't keep up with their tournaments anymore. But that's all they do. And it's fun and they got thousands of followers. And you know, I love that account. They are awesome. But they did a podcast tournament. I got bounced out the first round twice. But the first time I decided to listen to every single last podcast I was on that tournament. Some I liked, some I didn't. Some people I followed, some people I became fans of, like Tipsy Pod. I became a big fan of them. I gotta I got to go back and listen to them, but they they were they were great. The Yo Crime Podcast is great. The sports dudes, they they podcast like every other day and the sound quality's bad, but I haven't heard them in a while. I might go back. There was some, there was some good podcasts, and oh, I forgot about Bring the Meal. I got to go back to them. They, they were fire. There's some really good shows in that tournament, and that just made me go harder, man. Cause I was like, what are they doing that I'm not doing? So I guess that's how I, you know, started podcasting weekly and stuff. And that's fun. It's it's been a fun ride, and hopefully, it can grow. But uh, we'll see. Hey, no crushes list, cause I'm like, man, I gotta, I gotta quit putting these chicks on a pedestal. I'm loafing, bro. I'm loafing. But of course, it's in my DNA. That's an L. But it is what it is. <laughs> oh man, I love the episode where uh, I talked about one uh, br. Uh, Tipsy Paw did a tournament of their be- their favorite episodes and 1BR end up winning. I guess maybe because the 1BR people spammed it. But I don't care. I just randomly said, okay, whoever wins the tournament, I'll watch that episode. And I watched it. And I watched 1BR, and it was a heck of a movie. <laughs> I love talking about it, and they love my little segment about it. Oh, man, that was dope, too. It's just just it's a lot of good moments. I love adding... uh the hypothetical game of the episodes. I love that. And uh, we got another good one later today. Yeah, I love adding the little sound effects. That's fun too. It's just been great. I didn't think I spent 11 minutes reflecting on the podcast so far, but it's just been cool, man. Time flies. Time flies when you do these things. I noticed also one last thing. I noticed that my shows went from 20, 30 minutes to 45 minutes to an hour because I just had more to talk about and I just generally, genuinely had more fun doing these shows. And I just love it. I was going to do a video episode, but then I was like, then I backed away from it. I was like, oh, should I put this on YouTube? Should I do IG Live? I was like, "Ah, nah, I'm going to just keep it audio. I'm going to just keep it regular audio and see what happens. All right, man, but enough of this. The conference finals. So right now, as I speak, they're getting ready to start game five of the Western Conference Finals. And the Suns are up 3-1. And I'm just like, the Clippers have been competitive the entire time. They should have won game two. They should have won game three, but somehow they lost both. Just some missed free throws, some not-clutch shooting. It's just head-scratching how the Clippers are down 3-1. They blew out game three because they, they played classic Clippers basketball. They were hitting their threes. They were playing good defense. That play where uh, Patrick Beverly uh, stripped Chris Paul and then he leaked out to the corner and hit that three and then Mike Breen was Mike Breen was like, "Bang, Patrick Beverly, bang!" I knew it was over. I knew it was over when he said that. You got it. You gotta love it, man. What a series. Um, DeAndre Ayton, double double machine. All of a sudden, it just makes them that much dangerous that they got another piece like that. That is. Um, that they got a legit third option with that guy, Uh, with Aiden. I'm not sure why Chris Paul and Devin Booker are shooting so poorly, but the other guys are stepping up, especially defensively, and that's why it's 3-1. I I really feel like the Clippers could easily, and I mean, damn, Rachel Nichols. (laughs) Oh, man, the Clippers could easily be 2-2 right now. The Clippers could easily be up 3-1 themselves. But it's just choke. Choke, choke, choke. If anybody, I can't believe I'm saying this, but the Clippers could definitely come back from 3-1. They could have easily won game two and game four. They completely blew out the Suns in game three. You know, they have the shooting to stay in any game. And I didn't see this team be down 2-0. In 3-2, and, you know what I'm saying, I've seen them win game five in Utah when it looks like, you know, the the Jazz could take control of that series. They just beat the best team in the league after being down 2-0. This is like the complete opposite of the Clippers from last year. This team could definitely come back from 3-1 and end up in the finals. That's why I got them winning game five. Now, I don't know if they're going to win game six, but I'm telling you, they can do it. Now, on the other side, the Hawks won game one because they've won every game one they've been in this season because they're not afraid of the moment, especially Trey Young. It's like the bigger the stage, the brighter he shines. And he is like that. He like that. Just keep on with the disrespect. Keep on talking about his hair. Even though y'all kind of weird talking about that man's appearance. I mean, I'm starting to question y'all. Like, what's going on? Is this basketball or modeling agent? Y'all weird. Also, y'all worrying about him, you know, drawing fouls, hunting for fouls. Everybody do that. The best players, they be doing that. It's part of the game. Y'all just single out Trey Young. Because y'all soft, And you don't know what you want. In life and in basketball. Now, also, oh, man, what else do y'all be talking about, man? Oh, man, it's, it's always the hair and the fouls. That, those are the main two things, and y'all are weirdos. Just knock it off. You're hating. You're a hater. Now, back to this series. Okay, the, the Bucks are up 2-1. I don't know why I sat there and watched game two. Now, game one, Hawks showed up. They outlasted the Bucks. Trey went off for of 48. That, that's what I'm talking about. But in game two, I mean, it was, it was cool. I, I noticed from the beginning, the Hawks looked like they were nervous or they looked like they just wasn't there. Like, they just didn't show up at the beginning. And I was like, wake up. Just please wake up. I posted that TD Jakes meme and everything. I I just wanted them to get it going. And you know what? To their credit, they got down early. And then they came back and they battled back. And it was a respectable league for the Bucks at the end of one. And then it just all fell apart. The next thing you know, day down 20. Trey Young is making some ridiculous, like, head-scratching turnovers. I I just, and they were missing everything, and the Bucs were just going down to the other end getting easy layups, and Brooke Lopez was hitting threes like he was Steph Curry or something. It was unbelievable. I didn't really get to watch game three, but I looked at the highlights, and yeah, Middleton wasn't, from this earth like he left earth hands all in his face and he's making shots how can you beat that how can you beat that it's just another game the hawks should could have won should have won and they just let it slip away but then again didn't this happen against philly backs against the wall down 2 one just lost game three at home came back won a tough game four I truly believe that they can do that. They're not out of this. They're not out of this at all. Oh man, what was that? Anyway. They're not out of this at all. They'll be fine. Anyway. Here we go. They'll they'll be fine. Uh so I got the Clippers winning game five. And I believe that the Hawks will tie up the series and then I'll make game five interesting. I will definitely be watching game five and I'll be watching it at um, Tap Sports Bar at MGM. That's a good place to watch it. Perfect place to watch it. Because, you know, I mean, it's MGM. They got the big screen TVs everywhere. They got TVs outside. And if you go outside Tap Sports, they got the little balcony. You can see 395. You can see the harbor. You can see 495, 295. That's what I meant to say, 495, 295. You can just see the beauty of that place from that balcony. They got a little fountain right there, that, that um, little waterfall. Bruh, that place is awesome. That place is like that. I wouldn't mind, you know. That's why I like the harbor so much. It's beautiful. But, yeah, that's why I'm watching game five, and hopefully the Hawks come away with the win, whether they're up, whether they're down 3-1 or tied 2-2. Now, the Mystics, see, the Mystics, I'm about to look at their record right now. See, the Mystics, every time I'm ready to give them praise, they lose. They just lost to the Dallas Wings. I, I don't know why they can't stop Arike Agumboale. Ever since she got in the league, she's given them trouble and hit game-winning shots against them and everything. I You know what? I don't know why they can't guard her. I don't know why they have all this trouble. But at the end of the day, the Mystics, I'm about to look at the standings right now. I mean Well okay, let's start with of course I talked about the Aces game because I I got to see my baby Lizzie. Liz Cambage. I got I got to see her. It was fun. She looked good and she went off. She was like she went like twenty four and eleven or something like that. Um but the Mystics fought. Even though they had a period of basketball where they were just straight awful, but they they clawed back and they almost won. Then they beat the Lynx and Sylvia Fowles, who's been going off. They blew out the mist. They blew out the sparks. They were at home, thank God. They got blown out by the Dream, which I don't understand. One on one seventy eight. Like what is that? They got revenge on the Dream. Thank God. Um, They beat the Fever. I mean, it's the Fever. They trash. But somehow, I think they only got one win or two wins, and one of them was against the Mystics. Head-scratcher. Once again, okay, now this is the head-scratcher right here. I thought they were going to for sure lose to Seattle. The defending champs, we can't stop Brianna Stewart. No. We beat them. In Seattle, when they announced that game, I was like, oh, that's an L. Nah, they won because Tina Charles went off. I'm telling you, it is a pleasure to watch her. I know sometimes she takes bad shots and forces things, and it's just a head scratcher to watch her sometimes. I mean, she took 25 shots in this game. That sounds about right. But she was 14 for 25. I mean, she can shoot from three, and that's what really makes her dangerous. Like, not only can she post up and and uh, take bigs away from the basket, she can shoot threes. She's basically like DeMarcus Cousins when DeMarcus Cousins was healthy. It's a pleasure to watch her play, and she's on Team USA. She was five for six from three against Seattle. Like, like she gave the Storm these hands. But... What the hell happened against the Sparks? What the hell happened against Dallas after that? Now they got to play the Sun, who got John Quell Jones back, and they are leading. They are leading the Commissioner's Cup, and that is the mid-season tournament where I think the championship is after the Olympic break in on August 12th. and it looks like, um. Okay, in the regular standings, the Mystics are ninth. They were eighth last year. Now, remind you, they don't have DelaDon. They're seven and eight. That's about right because they're they're inconsistent. Like like I said at the beginning, I praise them, then they lose. Then I sleep on them, then they get a big win. I don't even know what to make of this team, bro. They seven and eight, but check this though, the team, everyone from Four to 10 has seven or eight losses. I'm not even kidding. And even the 11th place team, the Atlanta Dream, got nine losses. It is really close. And I think the top eight make the playoffs. The Atlanta, (laughs) the Indiana Fever are one in 15. They only win against the Mystics. How the hell did that happen? (laughs) How the hell did that happen? Anyway. And then the Commissioners Cup, uh, look at that. Look it's the Mystics next opponent, the Sun, and they're five and one. Just great. It's a wrap. It's probably gonna be Seattle and Connecticut in the uh Commissioners Cup. Those that's who's leading right now. Or I mean, Las Vegas just beat Seattle and Las Vegas, I told you how good they are, how deep they are. So they could definitely be the Commissioner Cup champions and be one of the best teams in the regular season. So Seattle Storm, Las Vegas Aces, Connecticut Sun. Those are three best teams, clearly. And then everyone else, they're just battling it out. They're just duking it out. Everyone else is just clustered together. And then you got the Fever, who are just awful, and just cut their number three overall draft pick. <laughs> just cut their, uh, I think she was number two. No, she was pick number three, Lauren Cox from Baylor. They cut her. They they, they waved her. That team trash, and the Mystics lost to him. Damn! I'd be damned. But the Mystics, man, they don't have Deladon yet. And they're just and they're they're treading water, just like the majority of the teams. But you know we'll see what happens. But the way things look, it's gonna be Seattle and Las Vegas again. So hopefully we get Deladon back and we can crack that top four, and maybe we can get on get on Lizzie and get her up out of there. <laughs> I love my girl Lizzie, but nah. Gotta gotta get her up out of here. Uh let's see. Nationals. So the Nationals on a roll. I don't know how the hell they lose two games against the Marlins. I don't know how they leave Miami with a split as well as they've been playing. They should have swept the Giants. They're they're already bodying the Mets tonight. This this is the team that's leading the NL East. And the Nationals took three or four from them and I was at one of the games took ooh Reggie Jackson he liked that took 3 of 4 in dc uh last week then we turn around and uh we swept the phillies i should have went to one of those games and the game i'd faded ended up being a 13-12 slugfest i i can't believe i didn't go to that game and then the game after that was the whole Scherzer-Girardi incident. I could have went to that game. It's just, man, and that whole incident was nonsense. It, you know, the more I think about it, the more I believe that Joe Girardi was all cap like the hockey team. Seriously, it was just gamesmanship. He, he made them check Scherzer three times to get him out of his game. And he still bodied down. I mean, all they did was have a Bryce Harper home run. I mean, Bryce Harper has hit quite a few home runs off of the Nationals and off of Scherzer. It happens, but then Scherzer gets his, and we win the game anyway. That's how it usually goes, and that's how it went. Got out of Philly with two wins. Don't know what the hell happened against the Marlins. I'm, I'm scratching my head, but we're taking care of business against uh, the, the Mets right now, which I'm glad because I cannot stand the Mets. See, it's it's 5-1, so they gave up a run. Wow. wow. But uh, it's bottom of the seventh, and it's 5-1 Nationals. Let me find out. Oh, what I say? And Kyle Swarber, two more home runs. <laughs> he is like that. Uh, Kyle Swarber has 15 home runs in, like, 16 days. I ain't even joking. He is bodying, and I got to see two of them. I did not know that it was going to be the start of a insane hitting streak. And I put him on my fantasy team, and now I'm going to be unstoppable. I hope he can keep this up. Because he can win the home run title. And he need to be in a home run derby. He on a roll. He hit two more home runs. That's crazy. He is bodying them, bro. That is crazy. But anyway, man, like Joe Girardi, he wasn't trying to fight Max Scherzer. He was trying to fight Kevin Long, his old buddy slash hitting coach when he was with the Yankees, because Kevin Long was basically, you know, he, he said he was cursing at him and stuff. Joe Girardi didn't like that, tried to fight him. Kevin Long ain't say nothing. I wish Kevin Long would have got out of the bullpen, bro. He would he would have gave him the beats and not Badre. Dre. Well, I'm just saying. <laughs> he would have bodied him. I would have loved to see that. But cooler heads prevailed. And our and our other assistant coach was like, oh, hold me back. Hold me back. He was making fun of Joe, too. Man, come on, man. We won that battle, and we won the game. Come on, man. I don't even mind the Phillies, but they were, they were all capping that situation, man. Everybody. Especially Joe Girardi. Uh, Max Scherzer was fine. He had to get a grip on the ball because all he can use is rosin and sweat. And, you know, he... <laughs> they were scurred, and we got him anyway. But, you know, it is what it is. All right. Ben Simmons trade rumors. Dog, I swear to God, right after that Hawks game, the rumors got louder about him going to the Wizards. And I think another rumor about him going to the Blazers or the Warriors. Like, I, what? Especially the Wizards. Like, why would we trade for Ben Simmons? If we trade for Ben Simmons, well, we got to at least get rid of Westbrook, and we might want to consider rebuilding. Because it just... Okay, here's the thing. Ben Simmons would be cheaper than Westbrook the first two years, but the second two years, he basically is too expensive, and I'm sure he... Well, I don't know. I mean... At the end of year four of that contract, he's 28. He's basically my age at the end of that contract. He would be cheaper than Russell Westbrook, but there's so much uncertainty with him. And it's like, and does Bradley Bill stay if we make that trade? I don't know, man. Like, that's a tough trade to make. I'm sure he'd be cheaper and younger, but I just don't know. The offensive production would be shaky. He would instantly improve our defense, though, which is very much needed. But I just don't know, man. I I I don't know. I don't trust him. If he is the competitor, I think he is. He's gonna take what just happened this year. He's gonna get better. If that's the case, maybe I'll take him. But I don't think Philly's gonna trade him. It, it's gonna be, it's gonna be expensive. And do they want a more expensive? Westbrook, that's only gonna be there for a year or two, or do they want to keep their young star and and um, work through their issues? It's only we, we'll see. It's only a matter of time before we find out. Another thing about the Nationals, I'm going to the Fourth of July game against the Dodgers, and I can't wait. It's gonna be fun. I already bought my ticket. I hope we win, but we don't have a good record against the Dodgers. Outside of that. One little playoff series. Outside the playoffs period, we don't have a good record against the Dodgers. So uh, that might not be a good game for us. But we'll see. The Dodgers are not the juggernaut that they appeared to be at the beginning of the season or even last year. So why not? And we're at home, 4th of July. I don't think I've seen us lose on 4th of July yet. Oh, I think we lost one time when I was there. That's it. Other than that, every time we put him fourth of July we win. So let's get it. All right, uh back to Ben Simmons though. See, this prompted one oh six seven the fan, Grant and Danny, to do to do a challenge where Ryan Cleary, their assistant producer, and low key guinea pig, because they made him eat cicadas too. Like the hell is they doing over there? <laughs> uh, their little guinea pig slash assistant producer went to the blacktop on, I think, South Capital and I and shot free throws and made 45 out of 100. So I was thinking, I was like, you know what? Whatever this man gets, I'm going to try to beat it. The whole point of that exercise was to see if he could shoot a better percentage than Ben Simmons because Ben Simmons shot 30, I think, in the playoffs. And so Ryan made 45. I went to Fort Davis and tried to do the same thing. I started out 20 for 30. And I don't know how this happened, but I go on to miss, I don't know, like 60-something free throws after that, something like that. So, I, I, I mean... Only made thirty-two free throws after that. Thirty-two out of sixty out of that, after that. Wow, it was frustrating, but I still beat Ryan Clary. But I was, I would didn't have any satisfaction because I wanted to crush him. I wanted to shoot seventy, maybe eighty percent from the line. But I realized that I'm just getting back into basketball, and I haven't been working on my game like that. So. I guess I was lucky to get 52 out of 100. I beat him, but I'm not really that happy about it because I wanted to destroy the guy. <laughs> but I did it, though. And, you know, <laughs> it was an interesting thing to do, but I was disappointed. Okay, okay. Let me list. It's time. It's it's time for me to do this. Let me list all of the rivalries that are better than Michigan and Ohio State. Oh. This for sure. First and foremost. OU Texas. Alabama. Versus Auburn. Texas. Versus Texas AM. and Let me get a laser. Alright. Let me stop playing. Alright. Yankees versus Red Sox. Still. Eagles-Cowboys, Caps-Penguins, any AFC North matchup that's not the Browns-Bengals or Ravens-Bengals, Howard Hampton, definitely Howard Hampton, Uh, Dodgers-Giants, Michigan-Michigan State. It's not even the best Big Ten rivalry. Wow. Jordan versus LeBron, Katie versus the media, Kwame Brown versus the go-along-get-along gang, Quince Orchard versus Northwest. That's a Montgomery County rivalry. That's for the locals only. Gonzaga St. John's. Gonzaga DeMatha. Me versus healthy eating. Me versus finding love. Me versus talking to chicks I'm really attracted to. Trey Young versus the haters slash hair critics. Well, Trey Young versus Knicks fans. Clay Travis versus Corona, bro. There's probably a few more, but I can't think of them right now. But that, but that's, those are definitely rivalries better than Michigan-Ohio State, especially in football. This is the most overrated rivalry in sports. It is a joke. It is a joke to me. I mean, I don't know why Michigan lives rent-free in Ohio State's mind, especially when um, Ohio State has pummeled them the last two decades. And they hype us up for that game every year, and it's always a disappointment. Outside of maybe two years, where uh, one year they had that game on Thanksgiving, and I was watching with my in-laws, who were one was a Ohio State fan. He had Ohio State jersey on. That that was fun. Another one when they were one versus two in two thousand six. That was a good one. But other than that, a joke a joke. Y'all all cap with this rivalry, man. All you Texas is way better than this joint. But I'm done, man. I I'm, I'm done. I'm done flaming Michigan, Ohio State. I mean, it's come on. The rivalry doesn't exist before the 2000s. Okay, maybe you could say that about Redskins and Cowboys too. Actually, you can. But hey, uh I I can't even give them the edge over Redskins Cowboys. Because it's been that bad lately. <laughs> the rivalry has been that bad lately. But I mean, growing up in DC, Redskins and Cowboys is that is the number one rivalry for sure. But lately it's fallen off. So I can't even give that the edge over Michigan, Ohio State. But all those other ones I mentioned, oh, for sure. For sure. All right, some quick takes, some quick takes, where to go. Here we go. I looked at something on Twitter where they had tiers of college football programs. Tier one was Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State. That kind of makes sense. Alabama and Clemson's the only ones that's been really winning titles since 2010. You had LSU win one. You had Auburn win one. No, no, no. Yeah, you had Auburn win one. You had Florida State win one. Other than that, it's been Alabama and Clemson. So obviously them, Ohio State just made the championship and they got the number two recruiting class or number three, something like that. They got a crazy recruiting class too. So I can see how you can make them top tier. Somebody on the comments, an OU fan said they were not top tier since Urban Meyer left, which is cap because (laughs) they keep making the playoffs and they just made the championship. They dominate their conference just like OU. Sometimes they get bounced out and then sometimes they break through like they just did this past year. And they almost beat Clemson. They almost beat Clemson the year before in 2019, yeah. Because I was at the other semifinal that we won't mention. It's a legit program. I I can't hate their fans are annoying, but I can't hate their tier one program. Uh, but right below them in tier two is LSU, OU, Notre Dame. These guys are you know, have made the playoffs or consistently good. I don't know why Boise State is tier two. They haven't really done anything in a while. And they keep losing two games a season in a Mountain West Conference. Damn! But whatever. I didn't make that dang tier maker list. But, yeah, Ohio State's a tier one program for sure. Uh, I hope OU gets another crack at them because I'm tired of them talking. And I'm sure Ohio State wants another crack at us after that flag plant. Oh, we own them. I'll never forget that. Oh, boy. But, yeah, they they are legit. I just hope their fans just tone it down until they win another title. Yeah, Kyler versus Vince Young. So, that's another thing I saw on Twitter. Uh, comparing them, <laughs> Kyler's better. It took me a while to realize that because Vince Young comes with a lot of nostalgia. I was in eighth grade when he uh had that magical season in 05 and that magical championship game so of course that's near and dear to my heart i mean yeah i know he's a texas guy but he was amazing and i and i think i i think i discussed the stats on air or on one of my shows they were unreal that team was amazing that team scored like 50 points a game but at the end of the day, Kyler Murray's faster. He's more accurate. He has a bigger arm. Like, what what more do you want from me? The, the main argument is that Vince Young won a title. Well, no, duh. He had a better defense. He had a better defense. I mean, our offense was just as good as theirs. But yet, we had one of the worst defenses in the league. We had the worst short yardage defense of all time. So, of course, Kyler didn't go anywhere. I watched those games. They were shootouts. I watched Kyler versus West Virginia. That was a shootout. I watched Kyler versus Texas. That was a shootout. Okay, sure, sure, sure. Texas fans, like, they had some shootouts, too, and they did. But at the end of the day... They won the title because they had a slightly better defense than OU. Actually, they had a way better defense than OU. But just saying, I'll take Kyler, and not just because I'm an OU fan. Uh, Kickball, uh, I'm on a kickball team with my mom, and, well, I've taken it way too seriously. Every scrimmage leading up to that, I was hyped. I was pumped. I felt like Jordan in game seven. I went hard, and I was cooking. Then we got in a game against, I'm not kidding you, a travel team, 17 and under team. First game, first game of the season with a ragtag group of a team. Some of us barely play kickball and someone like my mom that don't even really play at all. Some of us are beginners and we're going against a 17 and under travel team I, nick- I nicknamed them the Teen Titans. I nicknamed them the Avengers. I was pissed. I was like, you know what? I don't care. We're going to beat them. We're going to crush them. Man, we lost 16-1. to It was close at first. Then they just, I swear to God, they scored like 11, 12 straight runs. And we got ran off the field. The lights went off early. It was annoying. I was mad. I was about ready to fight somebody just because I was so riled up. And then I struck out, and I just walked off the field. I was that mad. I couldn't believe it. I went 0 for 2 with a strikeout. That game was a choke. and pissed me off. But I'm going back, though. I'm going back because I ain't no quitter. They're gonna die. Some folks are gonna die when I get back on that field. I'm not playing. Someone has to pay for for that monstrosity of a performance. We might be the worst team in the league, but I'm gonna go hard every game. And the games are on Thursday, every Thursday. But I'm gonna go hard every Thursday. And I'm gonna I'm gonna break some heads. I'm telling you. Now, oh, yeah. Okay, the KD, MJ, Colin Cowherd segment. Um, I forgot all that he said, but basically he said that because there's this whole thing about Pippen saying that KD is more talented than MJ. And Colin Cowherd was like, MJ was more likely to confront things than KD. Like, KD will confront things on social media. But as far as on the court, he, he he didn't handle the Russell Westbrook thing correctly. Like he he handled that poorly. He handled the Golden State thing poorly. And then I can't say anything about the Nets. But that's what he was saying. And then MJ, you know, when he was dealing with, you know, being the man of the team with Orlando Woodridge, he confronted that. He cooked them in practice and Woolridge got sent away from the team. Any type of conflict he had, he took it personal, and he went after them. He was like, that was the main difference between KD and MJ. Uh, MJ is, I guess, stronger mentally. I think that's what he was trying to say. There was a more positive message outside of that, but I don't remember. But that was, but I remember that. But that was dope, though. That was dope. I think what he was trying to say is, you want to be good, you want to be great, you got to confront some things in your life. I think that's what he was trying to say. And I like that. I'm I'm going to take that and use that in my life. Chauncey Billups is a coach of the Blazers now, and I'm just like, okay. <laughs> He's an assistant with the Clippers. They're doing great. Uh, it would be great for Lillard to learn under the tutelage of a great point card like Chauncey Billups. He beat out Becky Hammond for the job. From what I've heard, Becky Hammond wasn't even close. Well, I guess she got a second interview, but I think they wanted Chauncey all along. And then all the allegations came up about him being in a rape case in like 1997 when he was a rookie with the Celtics? What is this? And from the comments, I didn't even read the article. I I should. But from what it shows, it shows that, man, it didn't look good. And there's hard evidence against them. And everyone's killing Dame for endorsing this guy after the rape case came up from 24 years ago, I think. Man, that's crazy, man. You just don't know, folks, man. You just don't know, folks. What they got in their past, and even the folks that are uh, ridiculing <clears throat> Chauncey and vilifying him, they probably got some stuff in their past they don't want to come up. But still, I mean, I don't know, man. I I can see why Portland Trailblazer fans wouldn't like that hire because of what happened with that case. But I, I don't know. Like, it's been so long. I just... He's. I guess he's gotten a second chance. I. I don't think they're gonna do anything about that because maybe because it happened so long ago. But it, it's a bad. It's. It's bad. You know, it's a bad look that he's that he can do that to a woman. I don't know if it's hundred percent true or not. It looked like it is true, but wow. I. I. I don't. <clears throat> I don't want to call for people to get fired, but. He wasn't really held held accountable for that, and it's just a bad look. But, you know, you can't really blame Dane for that. He didn't know. And there's not much he can say or do. I mean, well, if he want to, he can rally the troops and say, no, nah, we don't want him here. But it just, I think he just believes it's just in the past, and there's just nothing we can really do about it. And he doesn't really know everything about the case. He just want to play basketball. I, I think that's what's going to end up happening. Okay. So top 10 hypothetical game of the episodes on Goat Level Podcast. according in my opinion, in no particular order, Legion of Boom fantasy football team versus Team Lauren and Joy, Turkey Bowl edition. That was fun. That was fun. Team Lauren and Joy, I think they had Baker Mayfield and some of the softball girls legends. Versus my fantasy football squad of uh <laughs> overweight, out of shape out of shape guys. I don't think we're all overweight, but yeah, we're not we're not athletes. Just put it like that. We're we're not we're not spectacular athletes like those guys. That was fun. Uh of course my team won with an amazing game winning touchdown from uh to Chris. I think I threw the ball. I, I don't remember. I, I I should post that to reminisce. Uh, the superstar KO game of the episode All Star Game. I think that had Justin Fields and Michael Jordan, and uh, I don't I, um, Jason White, uh, Spencer James. Like that that joint was vicious. I think the team that won. Oh it had me in it. it had my little brother in it. Like it, it was nice. That was fun. But of course my team won. My team won cuz we like that. We strong, we strong. The 4 by 1 relay with Tyreek Hill and Chris Johnson. I think that was another one Joy Taylor was in. But I don't I think that was a Fletcher Cox, Trey Young. That was a that was an interesting. <laughs> that was an interesting 4 by 1. I can't remember all who was in it. But Tyreek Hill and, and Chris Johnson was in, it, and it was a photo finish. It, that was that was fun. 2009 McNamara versus 2016 Scotland County. That was a hell of a game. Uh, 2016 team was my little brother's team that got upset in the state semifinals, which I don't understand until this day because they were the best team, and I don't know how they freaking lost 28 to seven in the semifinals. I, I, I asked him about that, and he – just a bunch of excuses. I, I couldn't believe it. But, yeah, my team won that, barely. Uh, ball is life fantasy basketball versus the Los Angeles Lakers. Score once and you win. Lakers got out to like a 20 nothing run or something, I, and my fantasy basketball team ended up scoring somehow. I made a deep three. That was, that was fun. Uh, Joy Taylor Simps versus Liv Coward Simps in a paintball battle. <laughs> that was funny. Uh, it was basically young versus old, or old versus young, and the old heads won. Uh, NBA legend Search and Destroy on the National Mall, which ended up uh, ending up with uh, Bill Russell versus Wilt Chamberlain Uh, squaring off to uh, get their team to win. Basically, they were the last two left in search and destroy,
1: and that was so much
0: fun. Uh, Let's see. Frederick Douglass versus Ching C. Meme car battle. That was when I told you that with Jesus, you will never lose the game because I think it was Frederick Douglass, or no, maybe it was Ching C., who pulled out the Jesus card and won the game. But I said, as long as you got Jesus, you'll never lose the game. There was a message in that. That's why it was so much fun. I think it was Ching C that won the battle. Uh, Yeah, I got to look back at that. Washington Capitals versus Washington Wizards. Flag football in the snow. Uh, Washington Wizards won with a miraculous... Touchdown by Pratley Bill. Man, That that's why next week's hypothetical game of the episode will be the Washington Mystics versus the Washington Wizards in something that doesn't involve basketball. It's going to be in a different sport. It might be kickball. It might be basketball. Uh, I got to – not basketball, not basketball. It might be flag football. It might be dodgeball. We'll see what happens. I'll think about it. I'm leaning towards dodgeball because that that would be fun. And the last one is Patty Gasol, Modern All-Stars versus Sooner Twitter in softball. That was another win once and you basically score once and you win. And somehow, some way, the Sooner Twitter didn't score. But they were very close. (laughs) Very, very close. So now it's time for this week's. Episode 100. Hypothetical game of the episode. Uh. (laughs) This is another Superstar KO battle. If you're not familiar with Superstar KO, it's a Madden game. It's a mode in the game of Madden where you, um, you basically take a, take a certain prototype team and then you put some X-Factors or legends in there and then you create a team with, with those legends and prototype teams and you face another person with that same type of team. And basically, uh, you get a chance to score and get a two-point conversion. The other team gets a chance to score and get a two-point conversion. If it's a tie after that, then you go on the OT, tug of war. And in this latest version of Superstar KO, uh, tug of war, basically you start at the 50-yard line, and whoever advances – closest to the opponent's uh, end zone wins. Like, you could be at the 49 and win the game. You be on the opponent's 49 and win the game. Like, (laughs) that's never happened to me before, but it can happen that way. Of course, if you score, you win. That's basically the equivalent of pulling the rope and everyone falling. That's pretty much the equivalent of that. So so here we go. Once again, Jordan and LeBron are captains, once again. So Team Jordan, you got MJ himself, Messi, Mayweather, Brady at quarterback, Lawrence Taylor, defense only, Serena, Serena Williams, Simone Biles, Lauren Chamberlain. This is a co-ed game. So on the other side, you got LeBron, Aaron Rodgers, Cristiano Ronaldo, John Jones, UFC, you already know. 2001, Allen Iverson. Remember, everyone's in their prime in this thing. Lindsey Vaughn Diana Taurasi, Odyssey Alexander. This is a heck of a lineup, man. This is a heck of a matchup. So, okay, so both teams start from the five-yard line, and uh, it's basically an 80-yard field. It's kind of, it's basically D.C. freight rules, except you can block, and it's one Mississippi, two Mississippi, five five count before you can rush the quarterback. Cool. But, you know, you're dealing with Brady and Aaron Rodgers, so they probably don't need five seconds to the ball. Anyway, here we go. So, Team Jordan starts with the ball. Team LeBron is in cover, too. You got LeBron and John Jones as safety. AI and Diana Tarasi at the corners. Uh, Lindsey Vaughn and Cristiano Ronaldo linebackers. Odyssey Alexander is a rusher. And. Uh, Serena Williams for Team Jordan is at center. Of course, Brady, the quarterback, and everyone else is receivers. So right off the bat, Brady hits Lauren Chamberlain for a first down. Then Serena pops out for a five-yard catch. LeBron knocks down the pass to Michael Jordan, and then Brady is sacked by Odyssey Alexander, and he is pissed. He is heated. It is fourth down and they might not score. All the other team would have to do if they stop them on downs to score and the game's over. But on fourth down, late in, the hour, late in the midnight hour. But late in the midnight hour, Brady connects with Mayweather. He's short of the first down, but after juking and and speeding and speeding to the first down line, he gets it. Team Jordan's still alive. So then Brady hits Michael Jordan on a dig for a first down. And then on the next play, Brady overthrows Messi. The ball is tipped by Lindsey Vaughn on second down. But then but then Brady throws over the top of the flat defender. Beats the safety, and Jordan catches a rope for the touchdown. And it's 6 nothing Team Jordan. So two-point conversion, two-point conversion, two-point conversion uh, is covered pretty well. Odyssey is coming after Brady again, but this time he does a, a turn and spins. And Odyssey Alexander is in the dirt. She's on the ground. She got shook. So then Brady finds Simone Biles at the back of the end zone. So now it's 8-0 Team Jordan. So now LeBron, Team LeBron is on offense, and Team Jordan goes in a cover three for their defense. MJ is the lone safety in the middle of the field. Messi and Mayweather at the corners. Lawrence Taylor is rushing. Uh, the ladies in the middle, meaning Simone, Serena, Lauren, they're all in the middle. You know, the two, you know, Serena and Simone got flats and Lauren is in the middle, got everything in there. So I guess the block Lauren Taylor, uh, Lawrence Taylor, hits John Jones. What a matchup. <laughs> Physical beast at the line. So here we go. So, okay, here we go. So Aaron Rodgers hits LeBron on the screen, and he takes it. He takes it all the way to the opponent's 40-yard line for a first down. And then uh, two incompletions for Aaron Rodgers, and then Lawrence Taylor with a sack, and now it's fourth down. Same situation, but this time, if they don't get this play, the game is over. Aaron Rodgers, this is covered very well once again, he somehow escapes Lawrence Taylor, and Serena Williams blitzes herself. She blitzes herself and tries to go after Rodgers, but Rodgers evades her and then throws the ball to Lindsey Vaughn, who shakes Lauren Chamberlain, spins away from Jordan, who misses her flag, and she scores. It is 8-6 Team Jordan. They have to get this two-point conversion or the game is over. So Rodgers wastes no time. He gets, the, he gets the ball. He throws it up to LeBron and he mosses Floyd Mayweather and Michael Jordan at the same time. Michael Jordan is pissed. LeBron is flexing. Flexing and celebrating and gesturing. It is now real like it's a competitive game now so now they have forced tug of war they started midfield so team jordan gets the ball again yeah so three tries to get further than the other team like i said brady passed to arena for 40 yards so they get all the way to like the 10-yard line. So then LeBron's team, that means they have to start on their own 10. Team Jordan decides to go man-to-man. Lauren Chamberlain on Odyssey Alexander. Simone Bowles on Lindsey Vaughn. Serena on Diana Tarassi Jordan on LeBron. Messi on Ronaldo. Mayweather at safety slash buying the quarterback. And then, of course, Lawrence Taylor and John Jones at the line. So Jordan versus LeBron is is physical. Jordan is jamming LeBron. LeBron's kind of pushing off. That's a hell of a battle. No one's getting open, but at the last minute, Diana shakes free of Serena Williams and catches the ball and runs for a 30-yard gain. So now that puts them back at their own 40. But as it currently stands, Team Jordan is at their opponent's 40 and they're winning the game. They're winning OT tug of war. Now Team Jordan got the ball again. Okay, so Michael Jordan does a, a deep out to get in the hole of the cover two, but AI undercuts the pass and he picks it off. He picks it off. He shakes free of Jordan, and then he runs past. He runs past Simone Biles. Serena gets blocked. Messi gets blocked. And then Lauren Chamberlain's in position to get him. He stutter steps, and then he turns on the afterburners. Lauren Chamberlain t- trips and falls and falls flat on her face. She laughs, but she got embarrassed. And then somehow, some way, Brady grabs A.I.'s flag at the five-yard line. So Aaron Rodgers and the crew... Team LeBron has a chance to score and win the game at Jordan's at the team Jordan's 5-yard line. However, once again, Aaron Rodgers is scrambling, scrambling for like 5 seconds. Lawrence Taylor comes after him and tips the ball that was intended that was intended for Lindsey Vaughn once again. So now one last chance, backed up at their own 5-yard line for Team Jordan. They stay in a cover, too, Team LeBron. So Michael Jordan runs a post and somehow gets in the middle of the two safeties. He plants his foot, turns, shakes John Jones, and then he races LeBron to the end zone. LeBron doesn't catch him, and it's a touchdown and the game is over. Team Jordan wins Superstar KO2, and that is the hypothetical game of the episode and the end of the episode. I think this is the longest episode I've ever done, and it was fun. Cheers to 100 regular episodes and hopefully hopefully 100 more and maybe some more interviews in the future. I know I keep saying that, but maybe one day we'll get We'll get those uh interviews going. And another curly W for the Nationals. They beat the Mets again. That is four or five. We coming for your spot, boy. We coming for your spot. And also the Clippers are up nine, but by the time you see this, um, by the time you see this episode, I'm pretty sure the clips would win and the series would be three, two. So you already know that I'm out. Peace. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Goat Level Podcast. Make sure you share, subscribe, and get money.